the Communion Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Erin. And I'm Ramonita. Communion is all about relationships over religion. Relationship with Christ, with ourselves, and with one another. And in a culture that seems so divisive, we're cultivating a community of truth seekers from all walks of life. So whether you have faith, no faith, or have walked away from the church, you are welcome here. We're ready to understand, heal, have tough conversations, and rebuild bridges. So let's get started. Let the reconciliation begin. Everything is better when we get together. Everything is better when we Hey, E. Hi, T. How's it going? Girl, I'm good. I'm so excited. I mean, listen, this week we got a message and it was just go. So that's what we're going to do to everybody listening. We have been planning this thing for years and we just continue to get in our own way. We're trying to make it perfect and it just never is going to be perfect. It's not, and it definitely is not going to be perfect without the people who we're trying to reach and the people we're listening to. And so the best thing that we can do for ourselves, for everyone's going to listen is really to just create this space to let the Holy Spirit move. And so there's no script. We don't have a topic planned. What we do have is available hearts to let God move and speak through us. And we're going to let you guys in on our conversations, the conversations that we have that are so rich and just seeking God, the questions that we're asking about ourselves, our faith, our relationships with other people. And we're just going to go. We're going to press record. It's going to be authentic. It's going to be real. It's going to be raw. It's going to be vulnerable. Sometimes we're going to get it wrong. Sometimes we're going to get it right. Sometimes we're not even going to know what we're talking about. Sometimes we won't even know the questions we're going to ask or that need to be asked. And, and by the grace of God, we're trying to create a space to let the Holy Spirit move and speak through us. So we press record today with no agenda, just letting y'all in on how we do life together and the conversations we have and hope that it can encourage and inspire someone. Well, to back it up, it's the last day of March as we're recording this. And we recorded our first episode of what we intended for it to be our first episode back in August. And TT was just about to have her second beautiful, just love of my life, daughter, soul. And we were trying to just get it out there and and release it. We felt so awkward. And you guys might have already heard those episodes, or maybe you'll never hear those episodes by the time (laughs) this one comes out. But our desire was to get started because we felt like this is something that God put on our hearts to do. Three years ago, when we went for a walk together, we really felt like, oh gosh, okay, we got to get something recorded. And then we got in the trap of making sure that what we released was not just well edited, but that we had the content, the social media strategy, all of that stuff, because we wanted to have it well produced. And that's just not where we're at. And that's okay. And we really believe that what 
communion is and what we're trying to release into the earth is something that is going to come from our heart and needs to come directly from our heart and be authentic and be real with where we're at in our lives, not for it to be produced. Cause that's not what you guys want either. I don't relate to podcasts of people who are talking and they seem like they have all their, you know, what together I listening to people who make me feel a little bit more human and a little bit more sane. And so I flew to Portland and TT and I did a photo shoot and captured some video content last week. And that was a hot mess and also incredible. What it reminded us of was that really communion was formed and communion came as a result of our friendship, that we have come from two different backgrounds, from two different upbringings. Um, and yet we have found common ground to because we listen to each other and we listen to each other's stories. We seek to understand one another. The connection and the depth that we have in our friendship is because of our desire to understand and to, to listen and have empathy for one another. And that's what we want the world to have. The divisiveness we talk about in our intro, the divisiveness of the world has split us up as a society and especially in the body of Christ. And we want to bring reconciliation back. But if we don't do that work in ourselves and we don't do that work with other people and we don't believe that God's already done that reconciliation work with us, then it's going to be really hard for us to enter into spaces and preach a message of reconciliation. So that's exactly what this is. We've been trying to write these beautiful mission statements and put these fancy decks together because that's where I come from. Also, sorry if I got a list. I just got this retainer I'm adjusting to. So whatever. But again, unedited, unscripted, raw. You're going to get the real, real, real me. E -E, summed it up. Hot mess. Like sometimes I just feel like a hot mess. So y'all going to get the hot mess. You're going to get the cute version. You're going to get the crazy version. You're going to get it all. It's just us. The first couple episodes that we recorded, we were so nervous because we were trying to put on our best behavior and make it look perfect and not say too much or have these profound statements. And y'all, that's just not how we roll. And so this is really our invitation to be like, reconcile with ourselves, reconcile with God, reconcile with others. And we want to invite you to come join us as we figure this out. And we try to do it because some of the most beautiful part about what we're going through in life and the conversations that we have that are raw and unfiltered and unedited are literally us wrestling with some of these questions, the relationships in our lives, how we feel about ourselves, how we're viewing ourselves, lessons that we're just learning from God in our everyday lives and the challenges we're going through. And I know that we're not alone in that. So this is really an invitation for that. I think even us pressing record today is something that we should really talk about because this journey, one, hasn't been easy. For three plus years, almost three years to date, God pressed his idea on our heart. And if I'm honest, fear has been holding us back. And I don't think we talk about the fear of what that exactly has looked like. For me, I've hidden behind, oh, I'm former corporate and we don't put anything into the world that hasn't gone through a million creative reviews and doesn't have every word specifically and intentionally and strategically selected and isn't pretty and polished. And that's just not what we're trying to do. And both of us today decided to press record on the premise of we both got messages separately this week in our quiet times or in our interactions with people. For me, you were at my house last week. We were doing this photo shoot. We tried to plan it, tried to be all pretty down to the minute. And it just, in some sense, detonated in our face. And so 
we haven't even seen the content from that, but we hope that it's actually good. And truth be told, I was like, I wanted to put you on a plane. And I told you this. I wanted to put you on a plane and I wanted to be like, and I'm going to ghost her. I'm going to cancel all of our meetings. I'm not going to do this thing. I'm going to tell her, here's your money back for the little pennies that we have put into this thing so far. And I'm good. I'm going to hide in my cave. And if you try to reach me, I'm going to tell everybody to tell you they don't know what happened to me. (laughs) And I told her that I'm the conductor of that crazy train and I know what she's trying to do. And good luck trying to do that to me because that's a move that I would try to make. And the fact that we're telling each other we're trying to do that. It means we're in the, in good company with each other. <laughs> exactly. It, it just feels like every time, even today, right? My garage band won't update. So I don't even know if this audio is going to be good in press and record today. Every time we try, there's something that gets in our way. And I feel like I've allowed that fear to continue to perpetuate in my heart. I've allowed that fear to continue to hold me back. We must not be ready to go yet. I just keep waiting for this perfect state. And it's never going to be perfect. Even last week, I've been off of Instagram for three plus years and I just didn't really want to go back on because the pandemic, I'm an extrovert, you know, we're extrovert. Like, and being in my house and only have an Instagram to access the outside world, what I was seeing between the social justice, like movements that were happening and black men being killed in the streets and the division and the discord that was happening, the hysteria around COVID, my poor little heart couldn't handle it, especially being a new mom and trying to deal with what comes in the postpartum phase with that, which is another topic for another day that we don't talk about, but I couldn't handle it. And so I just got off. Also, because I had a little kid was even more isolated, which I was frustrated by, but I was trying to protect my family because I didn't really know what was going on. And then I was watching people be in the world, living their best lives. And I was jealous and I was comparing my life and I was asking myself all these questions. So I got off. And then finally on last week after you left, I just spent some serious time with the Lord because I was all the way depleted. And I just felt like, go, you're over here plotting and planning. Like when I get these photo shoot photos back and they're all edited and my hair is in perfect place. My skin looks perfect. I'm going to post this photo and I'm going to have this amazing caption that I know is just going to captivate the world. Everybody's going to like it and share it. And I was like, it's fake. And none of that's going to happen because just go right now. And so I just got on and it was so beautiful to watch the amount of interactions, the amount of messages, the amount of content that I was able to get as a result of just going. And so we can go into the word and I can share some of the other things that I got talked about. But similarly, you were having conversations and it just continued to go like, let's go. And you were like, I'm good with flying by the seat of my pants. Like, let's just wing it. Let's go. And to be honest, it was me. I was fearful. I have been trained a certain way in my career. I used to get slapped on my hand for just going and not planning and not being strategic. And I, I started to hide behind that and started to believe those things. And that's holding us back from doing what God told us to do. And so we said, enough. I know. Well, it's not that I fly by the seat of my pants, like for things that don't matter. I do fly by the seat of my pants for a lot of stuff, but I think my desire to just go and get this started was probably not coming from the right motive in the beginning of me just being fearful and me saying, okay, well, if we just go, then I won't have time to think about it and I can't get scared, but to leave time in between And that lull of time in between was allowing me to have to deal with some of the fears that I had going into this and to have to face those fears. And a lot of it is the stories that we tell ourselves. I tell myself a lot of stories that aren't necessarily true. And 
I have been convinced. This is just my confession to you guys. These are my confession. Anyone? <laughs> One of the best albums that you can listen to from front end to back end. Like every hit is a banger. But anyway, sorry. I'm going to <laughs> But my hesitancy in all of this has been my own burnout in and ministry and feeling just when we were talking to our friend earlier on the call, who was telling us, you guys just need to go. You just need to get started. I was saying to her, for me, being in ministry for so long and the things that we're willing to talk about in communion is going to be controversial. I think to a lot of the context that I come from, I come from Christian ministry that really feels awkward talking about some of the stuff that we're going to talk about on this podcast. And I love talking about things that are controversial, not to stir the pot, but because I see freedom on the other side of it. So if I can seek to understand someone else and seek to understand their point of view and where they're coming from, then that actually puts me more at ease than when I just write a story about someone else. And that's what a lot of us do is we write stories about other people and we make assumptions about other people around certain topics without ever understanding where they're coming from, the context in which they're coming from and their story. And we've said this before to each other and we'll say it a million times on this podcast, our stories define how we see ourselves, how we see others, and most importantly, how we see God. And if we don't feel like we have spaces to share the truth about our story and what has happened and what has shaped our informed our viewpoint and our way that we see things, then we will remain living under a false identity, living from behind a mask for the rest of our lives. And you and I have found in our friendship that we don't have to live behind a mask and the freedom that has come from that. And I think this longing for our society to get to experience what it means to not have to be all polished, not have to hide parts of our story, but to be able to fully share our stories and listen to other people's stories and gain understanding and empathy and compassion and all those things once again, because as we know, and as we've both experienced, especially in the last three years with the pandemic, our political climate, a ton of divisiveness, and honestly, everyone going to online platforms, like lack of social interaction face-to-face between people, what we've realized is it's much easier to hide behind a screen and to curate the way our life looks than to say what is true. And and can can I just jump in? Because I think this is what was so hard for me and what made me want to put you on that plane and just run and hide. We even been doing life for so many years together and we've been in each other's homes. We've been around each other's kids. You come to my wedding, even though I didn't fully know you yet. I knew your husband, but we've shared intimate moments. We prayed together. We shared our hearts together. But even that you being in my house for five or six days and getting all access, I felt so naked in a way that I've never felt before. So embarrassed. When people are coming to your house, you want to make sure that it's clean, right? It smells good. You got some candles lit. The vibe is set. The toys are put away, whatever. And if it's not like that, you don't really accept guests. Like somebody comes unexpected. You're like, no, I expected you. So I was like, okay, let me have it all together. And it, metaphorically speaking, how it felt by you being in my house last week and not because of anything you did. I felt like 
if I was the house, me as a person was a house, there were dishes overflowing. There were piles of laundry. There were toys everywhere. We stepped on a couple of Legos because it hurt. I really felt like that. And I was like, wow, the discomfort in letting somebody have all access to you like that. There was nothing I could do to hide it. There was nothing that I could do to fix it. There was nothing I could do to quote unquote, clean it up. And I was so uncomfortable. And you're somebody I do life with so regularly. And I think the biggest thing when we talk about reconciling with ourselves, others, God, right, is I, you didn't judge me at all, but I was judging myself. And therefore I was projecting those judgments and the grace by which you extended to me, the kindness, the empathy, the compassion, even the help that you offered me, because you could see that I was unraveling and you just offered that. And I remember sitting in the car with you right before your leave, just thanking you, thanking you for all of that. And as soon as I dropped you off, I just literally drove straight to this park where I walked this path and I just walked and walked and walked and poured it out to Jesus. Like, oh my God, because I was kind to myself. And I think yeah. like, you know, I've been riddled with fear. I've been riddled with this narrative that I've been building against myself. I've been trying to undo 10 years of performance reviews where people are trying to get me in check to fit into a certain box to work at a certain company, or people are telling me my gifts are great when they're great and that they're the curse when they're not and trying to decipher what is real, what is not, who did God create me to be? And that has been something that in these past three years, I've probably wrestled with the most leaving that career and the transition that went with that from removing my identity from what I do which is a big one, to becoming a mom and having little mirrors in front of me day after day that I'm watching the things in them. Sometimes that I don't even like and I'm like, what's that from? Hell me to trying to launch this, to diving into my word and sitting at God's feet, pouring my heart out. Like, who did you create me to be? What did you create me for? I have no clue what I'm doing in my life right now. And that is where in these past couple of weeks, I've just sat at God's feet there's been so many questions like, am I even worthy to turn this mic on? Why would you give me this platform? Like, who am I? And yet still, and yet still, you know what I'm saying? So I just think as we talk about reconciling with ourselves, with God, with others, there's just so many lessons that we're going to go through that teach us how to do those things. And it's not pretty. Yep. It's not perfect. Yeah. But I think that metaphor you just talked about, that's the platform that we're setting for Anyone who's joining this podcast and joining this community, the community of communion is we're welcoming you into our home, which is our lives with our dirty dishes, with us being a hot mess. And we're saying, come as you are as well. And that analogy that you gave about coming um, and spending time together last week, I kept saying all last week, this is communion. This is what we're doing. What we're living right now with one another that's that's why we're doing this. And maybe God needed to allow us to live through that together to reframe our point of view that we didn't have to have things polished, but that if we're inviting one another into the mess of each other's lives, then that's what we should be offering people who are a part of this community as well, is that people get to come as they are. And you're inviting us into your life, mess and all, and we're inviting you into our life, mess and all. And we can do that. Because not to be cliche, but we have God in the midst of it all. If anyone's going to clean up our lives, it's going to be the God that we serve, the God that we invite into our conversations. And so that's why I'm excited about doing this, because this place that we're coming from today is setting the precedence of what we want 
people who are in this community to do as well. So thanks for going on the journey with me, T. And thanks to all you guys who are listening for joining in and being on this journey with us too. The biggest thing I want to say is how do we get here today? One of the words that has continued to stand out to me, and we've been talking about this a lot, is this idea of go, just go, like just go. And it's been interesting because that has been something that I'm not always comfortable with. I'm not like a just go. I'm going to overthink it. I'm going to overanalyze it. And then at some point you run out of time, just go. And then I'm like, ah. I'm going to be late though. <laughs> and then I show up 10 minutes late or whatever. It's a chronic issue. Anyway, <laughs> we're not, we're, that's another tangent for another day. But I just go kept coming up. And last week when God told me just go, I saw the fruits of that. But as I was diving in my word, this is also a true confession. We don't claim to know it all or have it all figured out. And so I was reading my devotional the other day because if I'm honest, I've been leaning more on devotionals than me diving into the word myself recently because I sometimes don't know where to go or where to start. And the devotional I was reading was exactly about that. She was talking about how people don't study their word and get into the word themselves and they rely on devotionals. And she was like, a lot of times because it's overwhelming or we don't know where to start. And she was like, just start in the gospels. Start with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Start there and study the life of Jesus. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start at Matthew 1 and I'm going to read the book of Matthew and I'm going to figure it out. And I have been reading the book of Matthew for the past week and a half or whatever. And the craziest thing is, yes, God told me to go, but as I'm reading this book, the amount of times that the word is go is crazy. Jesus will perform a miracle on somebody and they'll be like, okay, go. It's crazy. And so even in Matthew 1, I'm keep getting this message in my spirit, like, okay, go, 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 go. I was sitting there still hesitant, like, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to. And I'm reading Matthew 1. And everybody always talks about in the birth story, Mary, but a lot of people don't talk about Joseph. And in this story, there are so many times where an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream, or he has an encounter with an angel. And there's like three or four times where this happens. And they tell him, go do something, go do this, go here, go there. And it's like, immediately he got up immediately he got up in the middle of the night. They told him like, yo, you better go. King Herod's coming. You better take your family to Egypt. Get up out of here. In the middle of the night, Mary's probably still bleeding out. Like, hold on, bro. I don't even know if the placenta came out. She's like, you about to put me on this donkey. You realize baby Jesus in a manger all bundled up warm. He's like, hold on, it's a little cold outside. What are we doing? Just all the things. That's how I mean, imagine it in my head, right? And just like, I don't care what y'all talking about. This angel said, we got to go. We got to go. And he takes them and he goes, right? And there's so many instances. The angel tells him to come back. And so he's like, all right, we got to go. And he's like, hold on. Then they go to Galilee. There's all these places where he's like, immediately go. And then you get to, I think it's chapter two or chapter three. And they talk about the first disciples. Jesus shows up to, I think it's Andrew and Peter. And immediately they got up. They left everything. They left their boats. They left their dad, their possessions, their careers as fishermen. They left their family. They left everything they just went. And I just keep being like, God, what does immediate obedience look like? Immediate obedience. Because the thing that prevents me from immediately obeying is fear. And that's been the thing with this. That's a consistent theme in my life. I'm allowing fear to drive my disobedience. One of the things I'm praying about right now is, all right, God, how can I have that immediate obedience to just go? And so you similarly got a word this week, just go. I don't know if you want to talk about that, but go, (laughs) go. I was on a phone call with a friend, a new friend of mine that my husband, John introduced me to. And I was explaining to her our background, my background, TT's background, 
and saying, hey, we're trying to figure out how in the world to release our podcast, but we are feeling the pressure of having the right social media strategy, the right website perfected. And TT coming from a corporate, being a boss lady like she is, and then me coming from also being a boss lady, but from a totally different context. My context is you fake it till you make it. TT's context is you go through a ton of edits until you make it. And so for both of us to receive the message where she was like, listen, I need to get on the phone with you and with your friend. And I need to tell her because this woman we were talking to, she's phenomenal. She did all this phenomenal stuff, continues to do phenomenal stuff. She's Forbes top 50 speaker. She's incredible. And yet she's like, I wish that I would have started my podcast 10 years ago and I would have started it from my most authentic and perfect version because it takes time, one, to launch something, but two, because why are we spending so much time trying to produce a product that isn't authentic and genuine and real? And so I went back to TT and tell her, hey, here's a woman who has a similar background to you and she's telling us to just launch it and to just go. And simultaneously is when you were reading in scripture. That's the truth. When the voice of the Lord comes into anybody's life all throughout scripture, and there's a command that it's given, rarely does disobedience ever bode well for the people who receive that commandment. And so if God ended up in the mouth of a whale and yet still. (laughs) So us receiving that message was good from a business perspective. It was good from most importantly, from the voice of of God for us to feel peace in our heart, to just go and to launch this and to trust that God's going to be faithful. And we're claiming that, that God's going to be faithful because once again, what we're trying to create is something that we're getting to welcome others into where they don't feel like they have to come and be perfect. You were talking earlier about doing devotionals and not really knowing where to start. And it just reminded me, I got a text this morning from a friend that I went to high school with who I just love so much. And she said, hey, I want to read and learn the Bible, but I don't have time to decipher every verse. So do you know of a Bible or a book that would help, would be appropriate for me to help me understand the Bible, like a Bible for dummies or something like that? And so I got back to her. I just said, hey, here's some translations. The message version of the Bible is really good to put it into just common everyday language for us to understand scripture, but that the best place for us to understand, I could recommend so many commentaries, like from my theology classes that I took in seminary and all of that. But ultimately what I learned was that the greatest way for us to find out truth of who God really is, is through the Bible itself. Because the Bible backs up itself in chapters. When I read the Bible, that's how I have gained freedom in my faith with God. It's to get it wrong. Honestly, I mean, the the fear that I was addressing earlier of saying, hey, the topics that we want to cover is really, really controversial for a lot of Christians, especially within a church where you've learned this is the way it is and there's no other way to look at it. The more that I started to read the Bible for itself and stop having other people's opinions weigh on it, but just literally what does the Bible say? What does it actually say? And letting what it actually says inform itself is where I feel like I've gained freedom and want to give other people the freedom of getting it wrong. I'm not afraid to get it wrong because I believe that God and his Holy Spirit is in charge of my life. And I get to wrestle and grapple with 
the word of God and that God gets revealed to me what it means over time as I'm learning it, as I'm seeking to understand it, not, not as I arrive as an expert of it. And I think that's maybe the failure. (laughs) If I can just use that bold of a word of the church has been the lack of curiosity and the lack of willingness to admit where we get it wrong. It's we stop being curious about what the Bible actually says and we start becoming fearful that what if what we have believed our whole lives about what the Bible says is not actually the truth. And then having those fears then infiltrates on the way that we try to control other people. Um, It's why people want to walk away from faith altogether or don't want anything to do with faith to begin with is because when we become closed-minded and we believe that either you have to be an expert to understand the Bible because it's this ancient text that no one understands, or because we are worried for our viewpoint to be challenged, I would argue that's the most dangerous thing that could happen in our lives. And this is a space where you get to come and wrestle with things and you don't have to feel like you have all the answers. And in fact, if you do come thinking you have all the answers, you're going to get challenged because we're going to probably tell you, you don't have all the answers and neither do we. And that's why we get to grapple with it together. Yeah. And that's the biggest part of why this is an invitation for us to go on a journey because two words that just come to mind about when we were, when we've been planning and thinking about this in terms of what are our house rules. And it was that we're always going to approach this from a place of curiosity, not a place of expertise or that we would know everything or that we would have all the answers or that our way of thinking is right. We're willing to be curious enough to ask questions. Right. And so our hope for this is that we're going to have people on here from all different walks of life and they're going to share their lives and their stories with us. And we're going to be able to ask questions to understand or to challenge even our own thinking and our own beliefs. It's not to say we don't have our own or not, but it's not to say that ours are are perfect or right. But I think this is the most important thing. And as we think about our overall mission of reconciliation with God, ourselves, and others, it all comes down to one word. The way to reconcile is to build a relationship, period. Like relationships are at the heart of everything that we're going to do with this. It's us. It's me saying, yeah, you can come into my home. You can come into it messy and you can see everything. I'm not putting anybody up in my home, but because we have a relationship, I'm like, welcome in, come sit at my table, eat my food, be around my kids. It's relationship with ourselves. It's learning how to love ourselves. It's learning how to go into the intimate places of who we are with ourselves and learn those places and to really know ourselves and have a relationship with ourselves. That's how we learn to love ourselves. And it's also about relationship with God. The Bible is actually lasting like really good stories this is me admitting this i'm coming to you sitting here like let's talk about jesus i'm diving in right now into the gospels heavy on my own and oh my god this story is good it's interesting whenever i get into a good book i want to keep going like let me read the next chapter when i'm reading a fiction book i can get through that thing fast self-help books take me forever but fiction i'm ripping through those pages like on the edge of my seat after every chapter after the kids go to bed i'm trying to dive in the book and that's how i've been like oh shoot this story is good i want to know more give me more context or it's sparking this curiosity in me. But here's the beautiful part about the relationship and why we can't be dependent on devotionals and all these other things, because that's somebody else's interpretation. That's somebody else's relationship with God. That's somebody else's conversation with God that they're relaying to us. But we're getting that second hand when we tap in, when we read it for ourselves, I'm going to see something totally different than what you see, than what a pastor see. That's why there's millions of churches and millions of pastors and millions of sermons being preached on the same passages in the Bible. And they're all different because it's called the living word. It's a conversation with God. Wow. Like, What he is going to reveal to us, the words that are going to stand out to us, the things that are going to light up, the things that are going to stir our heart is a result of this 
intimate connection, this intimate conversation. And it's why we do have to go seek it for ourselves. It's why we cannot rely on other people to have the answers for us. Is there power in seeking out godly counsel or hearing what somebody was revealed? Because God does speak through people 1000%, but there's nothing like going directly to the source. And the most beautiful part about this relationship is that we have direct access. It is available to us. And so, yes, it's intimidating, but this is my encouragement. Open up to Matthew. Just start reading it as a book. It is interesting. You're going to see things in there and there's going to be things that make no sense. And you're just like, okay, skip over, whatever. And then there's going to be things that you're like, oh my God, I can relate to that right now. Like I needed that today. Like the word go, the amount of times I've circled that, I've never paid attention to the word go in that story before. But now because it's something that's heavy on my heart and it's a message that I think God is trying to reinforce in my life, it's like lighting up every time I see the word go immediately. I'm circling and underlining and highlighting. It just comes back to the heart of in order to reconcile, it's going to require a relationship. And that's what we're asking. That's what we're trying to do. You and I are building our relationship. No matter how strong it is, we still have a lifetime to go to build this relationship. Again, same with God and ourselves. So that's what communion really is. We want to do relationship and not surface, not perfect we want to come into your house when it's the messiest. We want you to come into ours when it's the messiest. And that's scary for me to say, because typically I like to make it look perfect. But what I realizing is I have been presenting a beautifully packaged present with a beautiful bow on it. And as soon as you unwrap that thing, there are shattered pieces, missing pieces, no batteries. Like, <laughs> Let's take the wrapping paper off. Let's take the bow off. And here it is. Yep. Come as you are. Yep. That's all really good. You gave a great perspective of how scripture can come alive for even the person who's never opened it in their life. I am thinking about those people who are going to be part or are part of this community already or want to join us that are joining it because maybe we seem like two really awesome gals who are (laughs) authentic, but maybe they've had zero experience in Christianity or want nothing to do with Christianity And my encouragement to you would be to just come and to listen and to see what you think and to be able to share with parts of our story that you relate to parts of the story that you're like, I don't understand what that is. We want to invite questions. I think a lot of the way that we're going to build this community is going to be from you guys telling us the stuff that you want to talk about and that you want to hear about, because that, that will give us more perspective of who we're in relationship with and who we're walking with on this journey. So my encouragement in all of that is a big topic that maybe we won't get to cover today, but we want to cover in our first few episodes is what is reconciliation and what does that really look like to have reconciliation? Because we just spent an hour on a phone call the other day, just between the two of us having this really deep talk about what it looks like to be reconciled with a person that hasn't asked for forgiveness in our lives. And how much our reconciliation or our lack thereof with others has an impact on how we view ourselves and then how we project that onto God. Just as you were saying, you felt some kind of angst when I was in your space and you said, and I was projecting that on you. Well, yeah, that's what we do to God. We take our own experience that we're dealing with inside and we project that on, well, that must be. If there's God out there, that must be what he thinks of. And by the way, I believe with all my heart, there is a God. 
but that isn't what he's like. Part of our understanding of who God is and our reconciliation to God has to do with the way that we are choosing to do the work in our own lives and then within our own selves to stop the negative self-talk, to stop writing stories about ourselves and about others that are true. And it's interesting. When I started going to counseling 15 years ago and started doing some self-work, all of a sudden, I'm not even talking about God. I'm talking about myself and my own ish. And all of a sudden, the way that I view God started to change and shift pretty massively once I started to get clearer on who I am and start to sort through some of the stuff that I was dealing with in my life. So I just said a mouthful about reconciliation, but that is where we want to get started. And that's the episodes that you can expect from us is going to be us really digging into what does it look like to be reconciled with other people who don't want to be reconciled with us? What does it look like for us to be reconciled or in the process of being reconciled with ourselves, starting to be kinder to ourselves, and then eventually seeing how that plays out in our view of God as we not only open the Bible, but honestly, as we experience God in our day-to-day life. Yeah, no, that's so good, Ian. When you talk about reconciliation and we talk about that in terms of relationship, the one thing that we have to acknowledge is like, relationships are hard. <laughs> and that's what we're finding out. Even in our conversation the other day, I'm coming to you like, I'm going through this situation with a friend and this is what's happening and I don't know what to do. And I'm trying to take a godly heart, but my flesh is calling me here. And this is what I really want to say, but this is what I feel like I should say. I wrote this quote <laughs> because I was like, wait, that's so good. And I got to see if I can find it around what you said affiliation is, but you were essentially like affiliation is the melting of a hardened heart. And I was like, oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. When we're able to take what has made us feel angst, whatever has made us feel sad and upset and hurt and broken. And when we're able to allow that hard exterior to start to melt, reconciliation, and only then does reconciliation become possible. Because a lot of times we look at reconciliation as, to be reconciled, we think two parties are in alignment with one another. Both parties are in agreement with one another. But that's actually not the definition of what it looks like. Sometimes reconciliation can only be one party. And we were talking about this in context of reconciliation with other people, but like when you can get to a place in your life of forgiving a person who has deeply hurt you without them ever asking for forgiveness and you're able to release them, I would argue that's the most powerful reconciliation that can exist on the planet. And that's reconciliation that I believe only can come from God because I believe that Jesus is the person who ultimately displayed that the best and is our greatest example of what it looks like to be God with someone, us, who didn't choose to say, I'm sorry, first. I feel like we could take a couple episodes just talking about reconciliation with others and sharing stories, what that looks like, because it's painful. It's really easy to be in a great relationship with the person who says, I'm sorry. And yeah, I'm sorry too. And all now everything's good. But what about the person who never can admit that they were wrong? Are you able to still forgive them and release them? Mm. So that's where we'll leave with a cliffhanger then. Yep. We'll talk about that that next. Well, I'm excited to go on this journey. I'm excited to just go. We're going to post this video. We're just going to go. I'm excited to dive in. I'm excited to dig in. I'm excited to uh, ask questions and hopefully find answers and 
those are answers from God, answers from people that we'll interact and engage with, our friends, our community, the people listening, each other within ourselves. So I'm just really, really excited to go. Yeah, me too. Me too. And if you want to know more about communion and what we're about, then you may have to wait a little bit longer because we're in um, the process of building on our website and we're in the process of building a social media. So this is what communion is at this point. This conversation is what it is. And eventually we'll have some nice stuff for you to look at. But in the meantime, this is what it is. And you'll get to know our mission far more and our vision far more from just listening to our episodes than any paragraph that you'll read. So thanks for joining us. And like we say, let the reconciliation begin. (laughs) Thanks for listening today. Want to stay up to date with our episodes? Well, then follow us on Instagram at come.union or subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is at come underscore union, or you can find our podcast on Apple or Spotify. We're so glad you're on this journey with us.